don't need a high-end designer or a lot of money to get a luxe look. Be your own interior designer with big design, small budget. Here's your host, Betsy Helmuth. More and more, you guys are writing in, and it is so exciting. Not only am I getting updates as to your projects, I'm also getting new questions, new ideas, and you guys are even coming to me with some additional tips. So today, I'm reaching deep into our mailbag and responding to your inquiries. This is Big Design Small Budget, and I'm Betsy Helmuth. So guys, thank you so much for writing in. If you ever do have a question or want to get in touch with me, Betsy at AffordableInteriorDesign.com. And my first letter this week, and by letter I mean email, comes from a former client of mine and now listener. She writes, Hi Betsy, I hope this message finds you well and congrats on opening your own store in Dobbs Ferry. I worked with you a few times about three years ago to redecorate my NYC apartment, and I've been very happy with your help. I have an odd-shaped leather sofa for which I want to get a custom-made slipcover. Have you any suggestions, advice, or recommendations? Thank you, June. June, thanks for writing in. You are a big fan. You are a listener. You've worked with me, but I guess you've missed this tip. This tip, which I outline in chapter 9 of my book, Naughty Words, is that slipcover is a naughty word. So there is nothing good about a slipcover. I think they call it slipcover because it's slippery and does not fit on your furniture, right? Especially if you have a leather sofa. Those are inherently slippery. I can't even put a nice throw blanket or even pillows on a leather sofa without them slipping and sliding all around. So I don't personally recommend a slipcover for your leather sofa. They just won't fit right. They're saggy and baggy. And on leather, it's just going to be a fabric slip and slide situation. Now, if you're completely adamant about getting a slipcover, hmm, <laughs> you could get a custom-made one off Etsy, even though I think that might be a little bit more trouble than it's worth. You can find these sort of universal slipcovers on Wayfair or Overstock. You could give it a try, and if it doesn't work, they have free shipping, free returns, so that could be something to look into. Or perhaps your leather sofa is from Ikea, in which case they often have slipcovers that they sell separately that fit quite tightly onto their furniture. So believe it or not, Ikea is one of the only places where I do like slipcovered furniture because all of their furniture, including their upholstered pieces, you have to build from tiny pieces. And so their slipcovers fit quite tightly, almost like custom upholstery. They have zippers, they have Velcro that make it really really tight to the furniture and feel less saggy baggy and overall droopy. So if it's an Ikea sofa, I could be into a slipcover and of course you wouldn't have to get one custom. They have a wide array right there. So June, I hope that's helped. Um, in case it hasn't, let me recommend you to a few new places to get a brand new sofa. Why don't you look at Macy's? I do love Macy's sofas. They have price points that are comparable to Ikea's, and I like the quality in terms of the comfort just a little bit better. That's what I would look at instead of that custom slipcover, which is going to cost you a pretty penny. I hope that helped. 
My next message comes from a dear, dear friend. His name is Tim, and he used to be my vocal teacher. And if some of you remember a couple weeks back, I had Beverly write in and ask about muffling the sound from her grand piano, and I guess my answer wasn't completely technically correct. So Tim, take it away. Betsy, I'm listening to your podcast now. The soundboard of a grand piano is actually on the bottom. It amplifies the sound. So a rug is very important. Love you. Love the podcast. I love your idea of getting a high pile rug as it will absorb more sound. All the ideas were good, but the focus should be on the rug. The more fabric in the room, the more sound will be absorbed. Wow, Tim, as an expert, he's not only my formal vocal teacher, he's a pretty um, known opera singer, and he's just an all-around great guy. So thanks so much for that. If any of you have corrections on my tips, just write in. I'd love to learn more, know more, and, uh, you know, uh, what's that called at the circus or the freak show when they beat the designer, beat the guesser? Guess the, guess the, wait. Oh, I don't care, remember. But anyway, <laughs> stump the designer right in. It can be its own little sideshow here at the Big Design Small Budget Circus. All right, we've got another email from another fan. Hi, Betsy. I'm a big fan of your Big Design Small Budget podcast. You mentioned the spreadsheet you use to plan purchases for each room a lot. Is this a template? What information do you keep there? Hope to hear from you soon. Brianna. So yes, Brianna, when I'm working with a client or even buying things for a room myself, what I do is I create a spreadsheet. That spreadsheet takes the list from just a cute little mood board and shopping list into something where I can really calculate the exact budget, tabulate discounts, taxes, and get my final total so I can make sure that I'm under budget or right there at it um, in the case of my own home. So what is on the spreadsheet? Well, the first column is generally the name of the item. The second column is the store. The third column are any specifications in terms of what color, what size, what fabric choice. Then the next column is the quantity. After that, I put the price. And after that, I put the discounted price because generally I receive design discounts at some of these places. And so I want to know the real price from the discounted price just for giggles, but also to show my clients what a great deal they've gotten by using affordable interior design. And then the last column is the link. So the actual link to the item. So that way I can click and just make sure that it's still in stock and have everything in one place. And then actually I forgot there is one final column after that and it's the status. So I want to know if the item has arrived, if it hasn't arrived, because all these things go to my client's house and I'm not there to personally receive them. So I need to make sure that everything's there, everything's coming in the right way. So that way I can check on things that are lagging behind. So that is the spreadsheet. It's not all that technical and you can modify a spreadsheet for yourself. I just think it's really important to take it from nebulous ideas and a beautiful mood board to something more concrete. And that's why I create a spreadsheet. And I'll put an example of one of my spreadsheets on the Big Design Small Budget podcast page. So that way you can see more about what I'm talking about. I hope that helped and uh, get on Excel. Get designing. Now I have another question from London. Yes, we have international listeners here on Big Design Small Budget. And here goes. 
Dear Betsy, I recently discovered your podcast and I'm already a dedicated follower. Your tips are super inspiring. I'm a young professional in London and I'm about to move into my first apartment, a studio. It's a lovely room with large bay windows and lots of light. At the same time, it's not a huge space. The previous owners had a Murphy bed or a wall bed, which I'm very keen to get rid of because it's so bulky and it takes up an entire wall. I want to replace it with a simple bed with some drawers. However, I'd be very interested in getting some tips on how to separate the bed or sleeping area from the rest of the space, couch, table, etc. I want to do it in a way that's efficient and aesthetically pleasing. My boyfriend will be staying over frequently and I want to make sure we're not always in each other's faces. Thanks in advance, Julia. Julia, thanks so much for writing in. First things first, I totally share your feelings about a Murphy bed. There are pros and cons with Murphy beds, and since you already have one that's there, um, you know, you've already overcome the first hurdle in that it's very expensive. So you don't have to worry about that, but Murphy beds are typically very expensive, so they're not always the answer in a studio. The other reason I don't always love a Murphy bed in a studio is because you can't actually put furniture wherever the Murphy bed would fall. So it's not like the space becomes more functional or can incorporate a larger dining table, or you could have a seating area where the Murphy bed is because you don't wanna be moving those armchairs back and forth each day. So the problem with a Murphy bed is it just gives you more open space. It doesn't actually give you more functionality. Depending on the size of your studio and depending on the needs um, in the space, for instance, if you're a dancer and want room to stretch, if you have a lot of big parties and want room for people to mill about and not to see your bed, then I think a Murphy bed is a really good answer. But if you're hoping that the Murphy bed will really give you more functional space, in other words, now you can have a desk that will be in the place and it could be on wheels and you could roll it back and forth, you know, not actually. So, um, so I think you're pretty realistic about getting rid of that Murphy bed. I think that makes sense and I think it's time for it to go because if you want your boyfriend and you to have separate spaces, for instance, maybe you're working on your laptop uh, over in the living area and he's going to be watching Netflix on his iPad in bed, then um, you kind of need the bed to be out in order to have that separate space. So go ahead, rip out that Murphy bed. You have my permission. Now let's talk about separating your studio. I lived in many, many studios. Many, 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 many studios. I think I counted between 9 and 13 studios in my life. So I'm a studio expert, if I do say so myself. And one thing bugs me, because I've also designed a lot of studios for many of my clients. A lot of my clients want their studios to feel like a one-bedroom. In fact, when I come over to their space, they're like, I really don't want people seeing my bed. I really want to hide that area so that it feels like two separate rooms. My first thing I'd like to share with you, Julia, is I just don't want you to be in denial. A lot of people are in denial about their studios and they like, I really wished I could have had a one bedroom, but I can't. And so I'm going to put up this screen and then I'm going to get a bookcase and then I'm going to get a, a curtain and it's going to make me feel separate. And actually, it's just going to make you look like you're in denial. It's a studio. And one thing that I really emphasize when people move into a new space is accept your space for what it is. Just like when you're accepting your boyfriend into your life with all of his flaws and all of his wonderful attributes, 
you want to do the same thing with a studio or an apartment that you choose. It's always going to have things that aren't ideal. In a studio, the thing that's not ideal is it's not two rooms. Um, but it will have things that are ideal, like that large bay window, the beautiful natural light. So I just think that you should accept a space holistically instead of trying to get it to be something that it's not. That being said, I can understand if somebody's going to be in your space a lot, how you might want to feel a separation. Did anybody else see that Sex in the City where she put up that kind of gauzy curtain in her apartment when, uh, what's his name? What was his name? Oh, goodness. You know, that carpentry guy moved in. And anyway, it really gave her a sense of place and helped her maintain her autonomy and yet they could still be together. So it really worked for her even though it wouldn't have been my first choice. Because I have a saying, I'm not sure if you've heard it, Julia, but most of my clients have. It's a new saying, so most of my recent clients that is. My saying is could and should. Could you divide the space? Could you put up a curtain on a track? Could you buy a large bookcase or armoire? Could you buy a foldable screen from World Market or Wayfair that would be decorative and that you could put away when you don't need the privacy? Yes. Should you is the question. Should you? And in terms of should you, I would say no to curtain on track, no to large bookcase or armoire because it will be hard to get the natural light over to the other side of the space. So you've got that nice bay window on one side, but when you erect that bookcase or that armoire, you won't be getting that natural light. Additionally, it will look like you have a bookcase or an armoire in the center of your space. And so should you do a folding screen, I'm more down with that. One of those really nice like upholstered folding screens or even carved wood folding screens could be a very affordable way to go under $200 and could be an aesthetically pleasing way to go in terms of just putting it up sometimes but not having it out all the time, thus looking like you're in denial. The other thing I like about a folding screen is unlike a curtain on a track, you can take this with you. So your next move will probably be a one bedroom or something even bigger, maybe even with your boyfriend. And you could use that screen in a variety of ways, even some ways that are just decorative, like behind a reading chair or to partition off a desk area. So a folding screen could really allow you to have some flexibility and when you're not using it, you could fold it up, you could put it against the wall to be a decorative feature, or you could even put it under your bed. Um, and then the other thing that you could do is you could face the piece of seating away from the bed. So I'm imagining that the two places you guys would be is one person would be in the bed, one person would be in the living seating area. And so you could just make sure that the sofa does not face the bed. That way you get some privacy in terms of not having to look at each other all the time, but you're still sharing the same space without a large divider that would either make you look like you're trying to make it a one bedroom or eat up all that beautiful natural light to the second zone. So, Julia, hopefully that helped. Uh, let me know how things turn out. Let me know what you decide to go with. I'm personally rooting for that folding screen. So uh, just my two cents. Oh, they also have some great folding screens at Pier 1. I don't know how these things ship internationally, but uh, you can go on pier1.com, look at the ones I like, and I'm sure you have some uh, companies near you that have similar items. So there we go. Now it is time for a little design TMI. Design TMI. So guys, I am 
increasing my staff over at Affordable Interior Design. I've got three new designers who are fabulous and all have very extensive design backgrounds and are bringing that wonderful expertise over here to us. And I'm so excited. They are superstars. The other person I have joining our team is a feng shui specialist. And I'm really excited because I am a big feng shui fan to have her join our team and to have these new services aboard. Um, but what I have done is I have scheduled a feng shui consultation of my own with her because I really want to know more about exactly how it works. I've been dabbling for years, reading books, sharing tips, but I am certainly not certified. So I'm excited to get her knowledge, her expertise, and also to have her feng shui my life a little bit. But it's so funny because I'm also very nervous. Every day I go into people's homes and I look at their space and I tell them how to fix things and I tell them how it will improve their health and their environment and just their life in general. And now I'm going to have that done for myself. And I must admit, it's a little bit nerve-wracking to have someone come into your home and get emotional with you and hear the things you'd like to change and help you change them. So it's just really fun being on a different side of the coin. And it's really inspiring to me. So what I'm going to do next week is I'm going to kick off a four-part series on feng shui. And I'm really excited about that because I looked back over these 50-some episodes and I haven't done one episode on feng shui, which is just a personal favorite topic of mine. So each week we'll be focusing on a different area in feng shui. We are going to be focusing on feng shui and love next week. The week after we'll be doing feng shui and wealth. Then you'll want to join us for feng shui and health. And the last feng shui will be hmm, feng shui potpourri, anything that's left over that I want us to learn about. So love, wealth, and health coming at you in the next three weeks, and then you won't want to miss my fun feng shui potpourri on week four. So guys, it has been a wonderful day of reaching into the old mailbag. If you have questions, just reach out, Betsy at AffordableInteriorDesign.com. Send an audio file or an email. I'd love to answer your questions. And if you need more tips fast, log on to BigDesignSmallBudgetPodcast.com and you can get a copy of my book. I'll sign it for you. You can let me know what you want me to say and I'll ship it out ASAP so you can be reading a week's worth of tips until next Tuesday. If you mention the coupon code podcast when you're ordering, you will get 15% off. So there we are, everyone. A big thanks to my wonderful producer, Catherine Heller, to Aton and the Embassy, our house band, and to Affordable Interior Design, our wonderful sponsor, and the premier place to get amazing interior design on a budget in New York City and Westchester and beyond. So guys, I am currently obsessed. I've got it on my phone. I keep playing it. My family is like, stop playing that song, mom, with Flo Rida's My House. And it just feels like an appropriate way to end the podcast because, you know, our podcast is about houses and I've been listening to that song nonstop on my phone. So Catherine, can you play us out with Flo Rida's My House? Thanks, guys. Till next Tuesday when we'll talk feng shui and love. I'm Betsy Helmuth. See you then. Champagne, pop. It's my house, come on, turn it up. Uh. Hear a knock on the door in the night.
we've done this before, so you come on in. Make yourself at my home, tell me where you been. Pour yourself something cold, baby, cheers to this. Sometimes you gotta stay in, and you know where I live. Yeah, you know what we is. Sometimes you gotta stay in, in. Welcome to my Ha, ha, ha.